Welcome to the Creative Pen Podcast. I'm Joanna Penn, thriller author and creative entrepreneur, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options and marketing ideas for your book. You can find the episode show notes, your free author blueprint and lots more information at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double N. And here's the show. Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 467 of the podcast and it is Friday 27th of December 2019 even as I record this in the last few days of the decade. Yes, we are in the post-Christmas lull uh, before the 2020s and I I'm definitely not a massive fan of the end of the year. I love the beginning of the year. And I know it's all arbitrary because it's like the next day, the next week, whatever, but it still feels pretty big to me. So I like to reflect at the end of every year on uh, what I intended to achieve (laughs) because when I set my goals in January, I always think I'm going to do this, that and the other. And inevitably, by the end of the year, I've achieved some of those things, but other things have changed. And I learn lessons along the way. And over the last, I haven't been doing this show for like a decade, but I've been doing it for five, six years, I think. And um, it really helps. It keeps me accountable, keeps me focused. And of course, inevitably, things change over the year. And the same will be for you. And 2019 is no different. So this is my 2019 roundup. Did I achieve my creative goals. But the other question is, did you? And as you listen, I hope you'll reflect on your own year. Please do leave a comment on the show notes, which you can always find at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 467. Or tweet me at thecreativepen with a double N with your update. Um, I should also, I wanted to point out this year, I had a very productive strategy for this show. I have, um, I use the Things app which uh, is, is Mac only, sorry if you're PC, uh, but the Things app is great. I use it for my to-do list. I use it for reminders and quotes and thoughts and ideas, and I just use it for everything. Uh, and I had a little note for achievements, and every three weeks it would pop up and I'd update it with whatever else had happened. And that really helped me, and then I reset it for the next three weeks. So if you are looking back at 2019 and going, oh, I don't even know what I did, <laughs> that it can be easy to feel that way, um, then maybe do this little trick for 2020. So have a reminder, whatever app you use. Um, you could even do it with your uh, diary, just put a reminder on your phone or something every three weeks, update it. I think three weeks is quite a good time because you don't get much done in a week, but three weeks to a month, you get a lot done. So um, yeah, a little tip for you next year if you have forgotten what you achieved. (laughs) Also, a really big thank you to my patrons on Patreon. You guys are fantastic and your financial help sponsors solo episodes like these. So if you have found the show useful in any way and you'd like to see it continuing for at least another decade, well, no, I can't promise a decade, I'll promise another year for sure. Uh, If you'd like to support the show for just a couple of dollars a month, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the creative pen. And of course, you get the extra monthly Q&A on audio, which I put out before Christmas for patrons. Okay, let's get into it. So basically, I will read out the goals I set and then I will talk about whether or not I achieve them (laughs) and why. So number one, be a better publisher, 
make more of what I already have. So it was my priority this year to go wide with audio and create more editions of my existing work, as well as writing and publishing new books. So once you create an intellectual property asset, you have to manage it. And that means maintaining your editions as well as marketing in order to sell more for the long term. So I'm really happy that I have uh, achieved this goal with new editions of older books rewritten, re-released, and also making sure my new books are released in multiple editions simultaneously. So this year I did manage to launch two books, uh, maybe even three actually, uh, with ebook, uh, paperback, large print, hardback, and audiobook at the same time. It's the first year I've actually managed to do that with um, books all together. So pretty happy with that. So the uh, I'm just going to tell you what I did. I, and writing it down, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, to be honest. So I launched Valley of Dry Bones audiobook wide through ACX and Findaway. I re-edited and re-recorded, well, no, actually recorded myself, uh, narrated A Thousand Fiendish Angels, first uh, fiction I've narrated myself, published that wide in audiobook, updated the ebook and did the paperback, large print and hardback editions. I moved as many audiobooks as possible wide. So I took them out of ACX and went wide with how to market a book, how to make a living with your writing, the healthy writer and how to write nonfiction. And of course, if you signed an exclusive deal with ACX, but you own the rights, you can move to a non-exclusive contract after one year. You just have to email them and ask. If you've done a royalty share, then sure, you're locked in for seven years. Um, and I've actually got some books coming up in 2020 that will be out of that seven year period. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with those. I'm not quite clear on the process, to be honest. Um, okay, what else? I recorded The Dark Queen, which is also a short story, fiction short story, uh, as an audiobook, published it wide on ACX and Findaway. And of course, when I say I recorded these fiction, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, sort of show you what went into that in terms of uh, doing the audio training and the voice coaching and stuff like that. So obviously a lot goes into this much more than just the writing. Um, edit, I edited and produced a new edition of Successful Self-Publishing, also re-released it in ebook and print and self-narrated the audiobook and published that wide. I published, uh, wrote and published Map of Plagues, uh, which is the second Matt Walker dark fantasy in ebook, paperback, large print and hardback editions. And I know people keep asking me for the audio, but what I find with my trilogies is that by the time I write book three, I have to update book one, <laughs> just with small things like names of things and, you know, almost just making it a better trilogy. So I'm not going to do the audio books until I have all three books there. I also updated, rewrote and published a new edition of public speaking for authors, creatives and other introverts and narrated the audiobook for that. I published productivity for authors in ebook, paperback, large print, hardback, workbook, oh, workbook editions for you non-fiction authors. Very good. And I also narrated that audiobook. Um, I licensed several non-fiction books in French and also had a new one licensed and published. Le <laughs> I'm not even going to try, <laughs> but the the mindset book in French. Um, I also produced, so I did, um, I had a show on the AI experiment. Um, so did the first draft with AI and then worked with German editors and produced uh, three nonfiction books for authors in German. 
I have just chosen a narrator for the mindset book in German. So that will be coming out. And the mindset book is also available in French in audiobook edition. So yeah, quite a big deal for big year for um, putting books out in various formats. So the reason why I had this goal of uh, making or being a better publisher uh, is that the, this care of the backlist tends to be forgotten by many indie authors who see the speed of publishing as the main goal. But of course, once the book is out there, it is only an asset if it brings in income for the long term. Otherwise, it's just cash flow or money for time, as it is for those traditionally published authors who sign contracts for the life of copyright. You're especially... Uh, essentially just writing it, getting some money the first couple of months and then never making money from it again, because that's how fast these things work. But if you maintain your backlist, if you look after your book, so maybe that means updating the content, doing a new edition, particularly for nonfiction. Maybe it means updating your back matter. It might mean doing new covers for a series. If they're looking a bit dated, uh, it might mean revamping the blurbs or doing a promotional campaign on an older book or a series to bring it back to life. So if you look after the, your backlist, you you will keep making money from it. And uh, yeah, I just see too many indies, particularly within KU, focused on just bang, 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 another book, another book, another book, without looking after that backlist. Um, so the tool I use for identifying opportunities with the backlist is what I call the asset master list. And essentially, this is just a spreadsheet. Now, there are a couple of uh, tools out there for managing intellectual property assets, but mostly they are sledgehammer uh, approach that you really don't necessarily need something so big. Um, so for me, my spreadsheet is just a list of books. So down the left-hand column, there's just a list of books. And then across the top is the formats, the countries, the languages, the platforms, and um Fill it, filled in over time. And also I put yellow blocks for where I haven't exploited those rights. So they are a way to calculate how many products I have and identify the gaps of what else I can produce. So every couple of months I go into my asset master list, I update it with any new books, any new editions uh, that I've done and look for, okay, so what else can I do? For example, I still, I mean, I haven't managed to do all the audiobooks of my backlist nonfiction, also large print hardback. Um, and I have obviously language rights, I can license that type of thing. But right now, I just uh, looked at my master, master list. I have 160 separate streams of income from 32 books. And that doesn't count ebooks. That only counts ebooks as one thing. So, um, uh, whereas if I if I manage <laughs> if I manage to get ebook, print book, uh, sorry, ebook, paperback, hardback, large print, audiobook, that's five different streams of income from one uh, book, basically. Uh, so obviously, there's a lot more streams of income because uh, ebooks I get money from uh, Amazon, Kobo, Apple, Draft a Digital, Publish Drive, um, and for audiobooks I get money from ACX and from Findaway Voices, and I get money print books, uh, print money from KDP and from Ingram. So you can have, I'm not even counting those. So I have a lot more than 160 streams of income, but uh, that's pretty exciting. 
Okay, so even if you have only one book, you can start an asset master list uh, because it will help you identify what you can do to increase income from one product. And if you have more books, then I hope you have an asset master list or what are you waiting for? You still have time in 2019 or if you're listening to this in 2020, uh, this can be your way forward. Number two write more books as J.F. Penn. So I did intend to write three novels this year. I only, I say only, uh, I wrote Map of Plagues. Uh, I have also started Map of the Impossible. I've got about 16,000 words of Map of the Impossible. I've started the research on Arcane Book 11, which will be around the, the Portuguese Empire. Now, because I'm the kind of writer who loves the research process, I'm never going to write more than a couple of novels a year. And that's okay because this is my sustainable pace and I have a very happy creative life. I did re-edit The Dark Queen and A Thousand Fiendish Angels and I got those out in audio. So those were other fiction projects. Plus I launched Books and Travel, which I'll come to in a bit. And that is under my Joe Francis Penn brand, my JF Penn brand. So all this audio focus will underpin my fiction as the years progress. I've built an effective ecosystem for multiple streams of income around my non-fiction as Joanna Penn. So my plan is to do that for JF Penn too. But I know it takes at least three to five years of work to see any significant impact on sustainable sales. Luckily, I am patient and I know this works. Now, I love my varied creative life and fiction plays a part in it, but only a part. I have tried a number of times to force myself into the full-time fiction writer box, but it never works. It's just not me. I will never be the type of author who only writes one kind of book. So I am now going to embrace my portfolio life I will continue writing novels as J.F. Penn, but alongside everything else I love to create. It is not um, just fiction for me. That is just not how I work. And that's fine. And I want you to think about this in terms of, you know, what what type of person are you? Like, I really am a multi-passionate creator. I like this portfolio idea that there are lots of things. I love multiple streams of income. I love podcasting. You know, I love doing all these different things and bringing it all together into one life. Maybe you're completely the opposite. Maybe you just want to do one kind of book and make one kind of income. Maybe you're really happy in your day job and you just want to write books for a hobby awesome. (laughs) Like seriously, that might be the easiest route. (laughs) Um, But we all get to choose, you know, and you have to know yourself. That's probably the most important part of the career and also learn things as you go along. I mean, obviously, I started this journey in like 2006. So we're well into it now. uh, And things have changed every year. So that is uh, that is my thought on fiction. Number three, continue serving the author community through the Creative Pen. So the Creative Pen podcast hit its 10 year anniversary in March 2019. And I shared the journey in a solo episode. So you can go back and listen to that. Uh, It was um, 
3.2 million downloads in 215 countries. And now by the end of the year, we're almost uh, we're heading towards 4 million downloads. So we're over 3.9, heading towards 4 million downloads in 222 countries. So I want to send a big shout out to everyone listening all over the world, because I I literally can't even name 222 countries. <laughs> so that must be almost every country in the world. So I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, I've also done some other significant solo episodes this year that hopefully you have found useful. Some specific ones included exclusive versus wide publishing for ebook, print, and audio. That's been a big one this year. Also, nine ways that artificial intelligence or AI will disrupt authors and the publishing industry in the next 10 years. And I'm going to make that a uh, annual update. So you can expect that was, I think that was around June. So every year, I will do an update on the AI developments for authors. Uh, also, podcasting goes mainstream. How can authors benefit? And tips for self-publishing in translation. Those are just some of the solo shows. So these solo shows take a lot more time than the interview shows. And also they take money in terms of travel and learning that go into the preparation for those episodes. And hopefully you find these very useful. So, for example, that AI uh, post and my AI updates and things, I spend a lot of time reading um, material and listening to podcasts and gathering. Uh, This year I went to the Wired um, AI uh, conference and trying to learn things that will help obviously help me, but also help you because I share it on the show. So a huge thank you to my patrons um, who essentially support these uh, solo shows and also thank you to our corporate sponsors uh, as well. So yes, I also, what else helped the Creative Pen? I obviously new editions of successful self-publishing and public speaking. I also did a mini course on productivity for authors and turned that into a book, Productivity for Authors. Find time to write, organise your author life and decide what really matters. I've also almost finished the edits on audio for authors, audiobooks, podcasting and voice technologies. That will be out I've actually moved the pre-order and got one of those notices from Amazon, which is like, if you don't deliver when now you're allowed to move it once, but once you've moved it once, that's it. (laughs) So 6th of March, 2020, um, Audio for Authors is now available for pre-order. The main reason I had to move it is because I will have finished the book in January, but to record the podcast and then have time for that, sorry, the audio book and have it time to upload, it needs about three weeks to get through all the systems. So that's why, but 6th of March, 2020 on pre-order. I've been to lots of learning events this year. This year I went to obviously the Wired Conference, I went to London Book Fair, Podcast Movement in Orlando, Frankfurt Book Fair in Germany and the Business Masterclass in Las Vegas. So I really do feel like I've had a good year, like a brilliant year actually in terms of learning and self-development, a lot of uh, audio training as well Um, and I feel like I had the time to do that because I didn't do any professional speaking and it was my year of no speaking (laughs) and I really did need a reboot. I was very tired of travelling for speaking reasons and I got that in 2019. So I hope you have found my lessons useful this year and that you have felt uh, you get value from the podcast. So for you, I hope you also value continuous learning and it is critical for creatives and entrepreneurs. We need to keep filling the creative well. We also need to learn the new skills and ideas that we need uh, to 
get ready for changes ahead. And we need to meet people outside our immediate niche. We cannot stay in the safety of the indie author echo chamber, or we will find ourselves blindsided by changes to come. And there are big changes to come. So freedom remains my number one value, but curiosity is a close second. And I'll keep sharing what I learn as we go forward together on the author journey. And I hope you will value your learning uh, this year. Number four, content marketing for fiction, books and travel. So one of my biggest achievements this year was the successful launch of booksandtravel.page and the Books and Travel podcast, which you can find on your favourite podcast app. Whatever you are listening to now, um, you can just type in books and travel um, and you should find uh, find the podcast. So I've been posting travel articles and two podcasts a month since March 2019. And I've also started writing my travel memoir in real time with solo episodes on that show plus interviewing lots of fascinating authors about wonderful places. So although I started out with a sort of um, trying to share interesting places that people should visit, and there still is an element of that, it's actually evolved to be a lot more memoiry than travel tips, focusing more on the emotional resonance of place, the truth behind the hype. I did one on Venice particularly about that, and the personal experience of people from different places and cultures. And I come off the phone after these interviews, I just buzzing with Oh, I just really want to visit that place and I want to see more of the world. And the show is very nurturing to my creative soul. I, I'm just loving it. I'm really loving learning so much. I often feel with the creative pen that um, I, I do know a lot of what comes up. But like I love to talk to people and interview them about their expertise, but often I will know a lot of a lot of it. Whereas with books and travel, I don't know practically anything. And Oftentimes I'm asking questions just literally as they come up within the interview and it's fascinating. So um, I I mean, it's enough for me at the moment. A lot of people have emailed me and said, so what, you know, is books and travel paying off? And I'm like, it, it doesn't pay off. <laughs> Podcasting does not pay off for months, years, you know, sometimes never. Sometimes a creative project is just a creative project. And I want to write my travel memoir. I'm kind of writing it in real time on books and travel. I'm kind of just thinking about what else is possible through that side of my business. Um, But I've, uh, yeah, I just feel it feeds my creative soul. So I have done some solo shows, if you're interested, about Lake Malawi, Jerusalem and blue water sailing to Vanuatu, the three trips that changed my life. Also, why travel? Uh, Escape reinvention curiosity challenge. I've done one on scuba diving and traveling beneath the waves. I've done one on Oxford, decadence, discipline and dreaming spires. And a recent one on Australia, Outback Nights and City Days in the Lucky Country. Uh, So those are just some of my solo shows. And uh, I'm really proud of those too. I mean, those are each of those solo episodes, two to three thousand word uh, articles and uh, audio podcasts. And I include pictures from my travels and stuff as well. So that is definitely creative work, um, but it's not reflected in a book as yet. It will be at some point. 
So I don't know if I will continue doing the Creative Pen podcast for another decade, um, but my evergreen love of books and travel will certainly abide. So uh, yeah, if you also enjoy books and travel, check out the Books and Travel podcast on your favourite podcast app. Five, focus on freedom, outsourcing, batching and systems. So I have uh, I have managed to outsource quite a lot this year. I'm not doing so much admin, admin work, but mainly I've got a lot better at saying no, as explained in my productivity book. There are still days when all I do is prep work and marketing and accounting and all that, but that's just part of running a business. That is... You just have to do it. Uh, and I quite enjoy some of those tasks as well. I, I um, moved from QuickBooks to Zero this year, X-E-R-O, for my accounting software. That has been fantastic. So I must say sometimes I just like um, sorting out my Zero reconciliations. <laughs> But the integration with multiple currency PayPal accounts is brilliant. If you do business on PayPal a lot, as I do, um, it is super, super good to have multi-currency reconciliations. If you don't know what I'm talking about, do not worry. (laughs) Um, But we all have to update our systems over time as new and improved and better options become available. So I've also been reviewing my monthly recurring payments for various software as a service. This is a really good thing for us all to do because you know now you just sign up for this. It's like, oh, it's only $4.99 a month or something. That's nothing. I'll do that. And at the end of the year, you've signed up for all these different things. Um, So I've been getting rid of some of those. Uh, I mean, my team is pretty sorted. Uh, you know, big thanks to Alexandra, who manages the blog and the transcripts and for both podcasts, actually, and will also be taking over my main uh, inbox in January. Uh, Dan does my podcast and audiobook edits and production. Jane does my book covers, graphic design. And I have a couple of other people help me with technical things, some freelance writing, social media stuff, etc. So, um, I have a great team of outsourced help. I have some great tools, but uh, a profitable business has to focus on, yes, making more revenue, but also reducing expenses. So I have made some choices to cut expenses uh, where I think the return on investment is not worth it. And I'll be heading into 2020 with a, a slimmer business, that's for sure. And when I say slimmer, I mean trimmer and stronger um, with a a bit less fat, (laughs) which also sakes into number six, the healthy writer and the traveling writer. So it has been an interesting year for my health and I think a pivotal one. And perhaps that's what happens when you hit middle age. And I'm clearly middle aged because I am 45 in March 2020. So um, and I've always had at least 90 in my head for, you know, I'm going to live till 90 for sure. You know, who knows whether I'll live, obviously things could change any time, but in my head, 45 really is uh, some kind of pivotal moment. So I need to step it up. I'm not relaxing in any way. I'm stepping it up. But the first half of 2019, I seriously fell off the wagon (laughs) health-wise. We bought a house in late January and then between January and and begin to the beginning of May, um, we had a lot of stuff going on with the settlement and moving and all of that. And that was quite stressful. Um, also, we've had some various family health issues, which have been stressful. And we had a rather alcoholic family holiday in Spain, which, you know, was 
difficult. Then I had laser eye surgery and recovering from all of these things. You know, this by the time that happened, I was in July. Uh, so I was it, you know, like we all are, you're just managing your various life things as well as trying to run your business and stay married and <laughs> all of these things. So yeah, anyway, no excuses, obviously, but my health, um, it wasn't great. So Orlando in August was my low point. The conference hotel. Now, I, know I had a great conference at Podcast Movement, but my health was pretty bad. The conference hotel and sorry, Americans, like sometimes you have some fantastic stuff. Sometimes you have terrible um, food. And so the conference hotel basically had an, an omelette. That was essentially all I could eat or bagels. I lived on a lot of bagels. Um and I've had recurrent shoulder pain for a while. Interestingly, I've had recurrent shoulder pain since at least 2010. So uh, this has been a decade of various RSI and shoulder and arm issues. But um, but basically, I saw a specialist and he said that um, over the years of hunching and typing and, and, and desk work, that my shoulders had essentially rolled forward and uh, were pinching the nerves in my arms. And that explains so much of a decade of pain. Um, and also my, uh, a lot of it was also inflammation from uh, too much sugar. My weight was too high. I had more joint pain than I've had in a while. And I was pretty much in the chronic pain phase. And uh, my mood and my mental health and my sleep and my creativity, um, all of that is impacted and my relationships, obviously. So I've really felt that was my low point, but I'm someone who does take action <laughs> and I've taken lots of action over the years around my physical health. Um, but as I if you read The Healthy Writer, I talk about health as an onion um, and the moment you deal with one thing, then you've dealt with that and that layer disappears and there's another layer underneath and that's basically life. <laughs> it never stops. But um, yeah, so I saw the specialist. I had a steroid shot to reduce the pain. I went no sugar, you know, low GI, no sugar diet. And within a week or so, the pain had kind of lessened a lot. And then I started working with a personal trainer twice a week for shoulder rehab and also building strength in my back. And I have to say, it is one of the best things. Like I've had uh, personal trainers over the years. I've, I've gone to the gym for like 25 years and obviously do yoga and all of this type of stuff. And I walk and I'm, I'm very active, but um, having a personal trainer specializing in shoulder rehab has been brilliant because we have uh, basically fixed me. <laughs> my After four months, so as we speak now, my health um, has really turned around. I ha I'm down a dress size. Woohoo! I'm sure everyone wanted to know that. Um, my body fat is down 5%, but that is not so important as the fact that I'm pain free. Uh, my shoulder is my shoulder's fine. Um, I can also, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of this. So I'm, I'm like strong woman now. Uh, I can deadlift. So today, uh, this morning, in fact, I deadlifted 50 kilos, three sets of five reps, 50 kilos this morning. And I was really happy. Also, I can do overhead lift an Olympic bar, which is 20 kilos uh, overhead. Again, three sets of eight reps. So the fact is, in August, I couldn't even lift my right arm above my head. Um, so if you're sitting there right now going, oh, I have shoulder issues, can you lift your right arm or your left arm, whichever one hurts, straight up in the air above your head? I couldn't even do that. Um, and I certainly couldn't even lift a one kilo weight with my right arm. And now I'm 
yeah, now I'm just strong. So that this is my focus. It's um, moving into midlife, 45 in March 2020, pain-free and fitter and stronger. So I have, <laughs> you're going to laugh if you've been around a while, um, I've booked again to do the 100 kilometre race to the stones in early July 2020, which is uh, basically a double ultra marathon. I will be walking it um, and I did it in 2016, but basically broke myself. So I'm going to be a lot better this time and I want to have something to measure against. I think that's part of it, Uh, but also staying pain free is really important. So uh, hilariously with the Healthy Writer, um, I... I've given up sugar so many times, uh, but giving up sugar this time has stuck a lot more because I'm pairing it with this. And I don't ever want that pain again. I really, really do not. So I am very motivated for a healthy 2020. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a little bit addicted to lifting weights right now. It's really fun. (laughs) Uh, In terms of travel, I've done a lot for my writing life. Um, I've done fiction book research trips to Amsterdam and Lisbon for Arcane 11 plus Orlando for Podcast Movement, Las Vegas for the Business Masterclass. And um, I started the year, this time last year, we were in Australia and New Zealand, which is where Jonathan's family are. And we've also been to Spain with my family. So uh, I do always share pictures on Instagram at author, So you can check out my pictures there. We did have a big cycle trip planned across Southeast Asia, but uh, we have some family health issues at the moment. And um, so Jonathan's going back and forth to New Zealand a lot and we can't really commit to an extended period. So all of that big adventure stuff is on hold for a while. We are in a phase of life, uh, you know, a phase of life. Let's call it that. So financial goals, um, which I normally talk about, not a specific goal as such, but I don't have to return to a day job. (laughs) So hooray. (laughs) So my main driver every year is clearly to maintain and be happy in my creative life. Um, The business income has been remarkably consistent this year. It's almost exactly the same income for the year, but my expenses uh, were a little bit higher, resulting in less profit. Um, This was around virtual assistant help and also hosting costs as well as my extensive international travel, uh, which I think was, yeah, like double the cost of last year. (laughs) This is the problem, you see, when I travel for speaking, people pay for it. When I travel myself, I I have to pay. (laughs) But there you go. Um, So I have plans to address these things in 2020. So 2020 will be more profitable because it's important to increase income, but it's also critical to reduce expenses. So, um, you know, it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. However, I have um, done lots of things. Uh, For example, we bought a house. (laughs) So that's pretty, pretty big deal. Um, And that was a big deal because we sold our last house 10 years ago, we had a decade of renting in order that I um, could have this change in my career. So uh, now we have a house, I have my little audio booth, which is very cool. And yeah, so that was good. Also saved and invested, my net worth has increased. And I am very focused on the financial independence retire early movement, which is FIRE. And uh, not that I want to retire early, but it's more the financial independence side. I've been reading um, money books for... 
20 years now, really, since I first read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Kiyosaki, Robert Kiyosaki. And I have actually put a list of money books at thecreativepen.com forward slash money books. So thecreativepen.com forward slash money books, all one word, and links in the show notes because um, I think we were starting to talk about this a bit more. I've had private conversations with lots of people about this, but I think we are ready to start talking about it. I will have Brad from the Choose FI podcast, the Choose Financial Independence podcast in early January. We'll be talking about some of the principles. I also recommend Playing With Fire a documentary on financial independence that you can stream on Amazon Prime, I think. Um, And also, we are rethinking our choices to make life easier and more sustainable because at the end of the day, being a writer is like any other job. Uh, If you do this full time, you have to put money in your superannuation or your pension. You have to um, make sure you have investments for your future and your health and everything so that you can... um, have choices as you get older. I intend to be writing and publishing for the rest of my life, but I would love it to be, I mean, wouldn't we all just love to have (laughs) the money coming in from other things so you can just write whatever you like and just be like, yeah, I just wrote this book and I don't care whether it sells or not. I just wrote it and I love it. (laughs) I think we'd all love to stop marketing really. (laughs) Anyway, if you want to uh, have a look at that, check out my money books. Um, If you want to and I've put, I'll put some podcasts on that link as well. So in conclusion, it has been, I think it's been a good year, actually. I mean, I tend to have a good year every year because I'm a very positive, upbeat type of person. And I always think that life is good. Um, so yeah, I think it's been a good year in terms of stretching myself, learning new things, expanding my ability to create in different ways. So like audiobooks this year has been incredible for me. Um, my year of no speaking has been effective because it's re- freed up my time to travel for learning and book research, which I have loved. I am speaking a couple of times in 2020, but I'm determined to make it a small part of my life. It's not my zone of genius. See Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap, for that. So I have finished 2019 with more books, more audiobooks, and more podcast episodes and another podcast, (laughs) all of which are intellectual property assets that bring me income for the long term. My net worth has increased as well as my physical health is very good right now. And I have ended the year pain-free, which is probably the greatest gift I could have given myself um, this year. I've also learned new skills around voice stuff and experimented with AI tools that take me into the 2020s with confidence that my business can surf the changes ahead. Right. Okay, over to you. So I have told you and been really honest as I am about um, my year and what I've achieved and what I haven't achieved. So uh, let me know in the show notes with what you have achieved in 2019. And uh, or you can tweet me at the creative pen. Maybe you'll do your own blog post. You can tweet me a link or just tweet me some little notes. And uh, I certainly recommend telling someone, even if it's not me, it helps you reflect and stay accountable over the years. So I'll be back in a couple of days on 1st of January 2020 for my New Year's Day show when I'll be sharing my thoughts on goals and attitudes and thoughts for the year ahead. So see you in the next decade. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. 
You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. You can also get your free author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to connect, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen or find me on Facebook at The Creative Pen. See you next time.